0: If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 26 of the Maker Mom Podcast. Today's guest is Brittany. Uh, her handle on Instagram and pretty much everywhere else on social media is Pretty Handy Girl. I was super excited uh, to get the opportunity to talk with Brittany. She's the first uh, contractor and more so renovator that I've had on the show outside of maybe some of the more traditional maker moms who have mainly been woodworkers. So it was really great getting uh, Brittany's perspective on, you know, really truly working in a trade that tends to be more male-dominated and plus uh, Brittany's passion for Teaching other women how to do DIY and home renovation is infectious, and so I think you guys will really enjoy this episode, plus there's just a ton of laughter. Uh, but before we get to that, just a reminder, make sure that you're following along Uh with the Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram. Uh, That's just at Maker Mom Podcast, so you can follow along. And once you get there, you can click on into the link in the bio and find out all sorts of things. Uh, Find out about the Women Workwear Company Dovetail that I work with, as well as um, becoming a part of the Maker Mom Podcast. Tribe officially through Patreon, all sorts of things. So go ahead and check that out follow along. Um, I also post uh, not just about what episodes are coming up, but I also do share other Maker Moms uh, projects as long as you use the hashtag Maker Mom Pod. I check that frequently uh, to share all of your creations with the rest of the tribe because that's what we're all about is supporting each other as we continue to grow our craft and uh, grow along our momming adventure. But with no further ado, this is Brittany with Pretty Handy Girl. I know you're going to enjoy this episode. Um okay, so let's just get started with a uh kind of brief introduction um about yourself, about, you know, um your your work. I know you're a little bit different, not necessarily a maker per se, but contractor. Uh-huh. So talk a little bit about that and your kiddos. Okay,
1: sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh so I um I'm Brittany and I'm also known as Pretty Handy Girl Online. Um I am not, as you said, a maker in that I don't make furniture to sell or, you know, things to sell, but I make houses. (laughs) Um that's one of the things that I've always been passionate about. I um when I was a kid, my parents actually took the roof off of this little ranch house and added onto it. And when I say they did it, I mean they did it themselves, which I realize now is insane because most people hire a contractor and they move out, have the work done and they move back in. You no, know, we lived in the house while I was under construction for my entire childhood. And to me, that was just, I knew it wasn't normal, but to me, that was my normal. And I just enjoyed it. My parents always, um, they always just kind of kept us involved. Um, so they always kept us together and showed us what they were doing. So if my dad was, you know, wiring an outlet, he'd say, hey, Brett, you want to come, you know, help me wire this outlet. So. The, those are kind of the things that I grew up with, and it's just naturally, you know, um, it naturally turned into what I, what I do. Like I realize, you know, not everyone does this, but I feel like if someone, if someone was showing me how to do it when I was a kid, then I could just take this on myself. So you know, fast forward thirty some odd years, my husband and I bought our first house he's not handy at all. (laughs) So I pretty much learned everything just from experience, you know, fixing one broken toilet at a a time. And then we had children and I have two boys who are now in their teens, which is crazy. Um, But when we've done, you know, we did our own kitchen here. And while we were doing that, I totally involved them. They love demolition. (laughs) What boy doesn't love demolition. So that's kind of how I'm raising my kids to just you know know that like if you want to do something or if you want to change something about your home or even just anything like as long as you put your mind to it you can do it or you'll figure it out or and even if you fail you're going to learn from the experience and figure out what to do different next time so <laughs> but um so back to the pretty handy girl i write a blog online which is all diy tutorials it's prettyhandygirl.com and it's pretty much anything you want to learn how to do whether it's home renovating fixing your toilet um, you know, you need to buy a new roof, or even down to, like, crafting and sewing and, you know, just small DIY projects, which is honestly how, like, any DIY or any maker needs to start. Start small, get a few skills, get your confidence up, and then pretty soon you'll be building houses. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know
0: if I have uh, the confidence yet to say that I would be at that level, but it is my... I didn't,
1: I didn't either until <laughs> two years ago. <laughs>
0: It is one of my like things on my bucket list. Like I really want to build my own shop someday. So um, hopefully that will be in my five, 10 year plan down
1: the line. Well, I will say like it, it, The I think the biggest thing you have to have is the confidence to just say, I'm going to figure this out. And honestly, like when I was, you know, building the saving of the house or building back, um, and I guess we can talk about that later, but that that was literally one day at a time. Okay. I need to figure out how to do this tomorrow. I'm going to do all the research, ask friends, you know, ask my contractors and then, you know, we'll go with it. But I did find what was really helpful was I built a garden shed and it was a kit shed. So everything pretty much came cut, but I still had to, you know, assemble it, not assemble it, but really, you know, frame it and everything. And just doing that gave me like, Almost like a jump to understand framing and understand how you know houses are constructed. It was like that was my little uh, my little class <laughs> learning how to build houses building a little garden shed. But I feel like the biggest thing that holds most people back is the confidence thing is saying i don 't feel like i 'm at that level or i can 't do that well. You got to start somewhere. You got to take that step and you got to just know that's my inner monologue saying that I can't do it, you know, when in actuality, like you may be able to do it. You may have to ask for help, but it's, you got to, you got to silence that inner monologue. That's the biggest component of taking on anything new. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> that's stinking inner monologue. If we I know. Switch, it would be amazing what we all could accomplish if we could just turn it off.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right.
1: All right, so you did, you already kind of touched on
0: a little bit, but I I do want to go back um, to your childhood. Um, Sounds like you kind of had an amazing experience um, getting to see firsthand how to do kind of house reno type work. Um, So at that time, when you're going through that as a child, I mean, were you? interested in it like really interested in it or kind of was it like this is just what's going on around me type thing
1: um it was kind of a little bit of a both it was what was going on around me my parents didn't have a lot of money and so they decided to do a lot of things themselves and i realize now like that's that's really my dad's mantra too he's gonna figure stuff out he feels like he's smart enough you know one of my things that i used to say <laughs> to women is you know when you hire a plumber to come to your house and they're Sitting there and I can't figure out how to wear a belt properly. Like you got to know you've got a few more brain cells. You know, sorry to all the plumbers out there, but you've got a few more brain cells than that plumber. You should be able to figure this out too. Um, so that that definitely was kind of the. I was just put into that situation, but I also was a tomboy growing up, so I was much happier playing in the dirt, playing outside, getting my hands dirty. Than you know, I mean, I played with Barbie dolls a little bit too, but. Uh, it just, it's something that, yeah, I kind of gravitated towards. Um, Some things that I did when I was a kid, when my parents were working on the house, they would let me have all the offcuts, all the scraps from the lumber. And then my mom would take take us all and she'd give us some paints or markers and we would decorate these little scraps with little pictures on them. So I always was doing something creative, doing something with my hands, um, doing things outdoors, just you know, making things. I always was making things. My mom was a big sewer. If um, I wanted a pair of jams, which I don't know if you're old enough to remember jams, they were kind of expensive for us. So my mom bought a um, pattern, showed me how to make them. And the next thing I knew, I was like making them for me, making them for my boyfriend. So it was just, you know, what I did. So yeah, I enjoyed it, but it also was part of how I was brought up.
0: How big of a family did you grow up in? Uh it
1: was me and I was the oldest of three girls. So okay. three girls and I think that's part of um also how I was raised. My dad didn't have any boys. I don't know that he would have raised us any different, but my dad didn't have any boys, so he didn't have the stereotypical almost show my son how to do this. It's like I got three girls, I'm gonna show them how to do it too. So right. one of the one of the fun things that I remember um growing up was I was in Girl Scouts and my part of Girl Scouts was they always had the little badges, like sewing badge, crafting badges. And my dad said, I'm going to do an auto mechanic badge for you guys. So he invited my whole like troop over and we earned an auto mechanic badge. We, were, we couldn't even drive yet, but she, he showed us the engine and he showed us how to change oil. And it was really cool. I felt like, well, this is awesome. Like how many Girl Scouts have the auto mechanic badge? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's not the Girl Scouts that I remember growing up with. Yeah,
1: (laughs) But it should be. You know what I mean? It should be because if girls are brought up to do these things, like they don't know any different. They don't know that that's not, you know, right. And I, you know, I'm, I'm probably like the biggest loudmouth in my neighborhood. But when I see fathers who are handy or like they like doing or making things and they have little girls, I tell them make sure you include your little girls in this. You don't even know how important this is for them and their future self-esteem. It's huge. Just, you know, include them in anything you're doing. Let them help, even if it's like holding something or, you know, Mm -hmm. you helping them by holding a tool or something like that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I have uh, have two kids as well, a boy and a girl, and to be honest my daughter is way more interested in what i do out in the shop than my son is that's um, awesome you know but it, to me it's like well it's equal opportunity whatever you know i'm going to show both of them the things that i know how to do and um you know encourage yeah. them to get into things they want to learn how to do right um, i know, do like, wish- go ahead i'm sorry as you say, say like my uh my son and i were watching a show Uh, last night and the uh, guy took apart an old fan and created you know a clock out of it or whatever and he's watching it he's like oh he's like I think we should you know get something like that and turn it into a basket but I don't know how to do that and I was like well he didn't know how to do that either when he got started you know (laughs) need to get that and and try it out and have fun with it and experiment absolutely yeah
1: definitely (laughs) it is I always I always wanted to have a girl so that I could show her everything I know how to do but what's interesting is the blog is like my daughters because I have mostly women readers and it's like I'm gonna show as many women and I know there's guys out there too every once in a while they email or comment me and I'm like I knew you were out there but yeah like as many women as I can reach like I feel like those are my daughters. They're my surrogate daughters, you know, even though a lot of them are older than me, (laughs) but that's where I'm going to like, kind of throw my passion, you know, but I, I show my boys how to do everything too. And it's funny, you said how one of them is interested and one's not, but it happens to be your girl. I have two boys and one of them is way more interested in what I'm doing and want to help than the other one. So I don't think it's just a gender thing. No, it's a personality thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, all right. So Okay, so that was kind of young childhood. Did that passion for creativity and kind of making things carry with you then as you went through, you know, into high school and then post high school years? Oh, yeah, absolutely.
1: So funny thing is, uh, I actually went into, uh, well, first I went into environmental resource management because I was really passionate about um, endangered species. But Frankly, I like really struggled with the chemistry and all the all the science and math classes. So, I switched over to illustration and art therapy. So I was always doing something creative. And one thing that I wish, you know, people are always asking, like, if you could do anything different, you know, would you? Well, in high school, when I took the relationships class, I really wish I'd taken the woodshop class. But luckily, going to art school, they make you take a 3D sculpture class. And in the 3D sculpture class, we had an entire workshop and the, you know, the professor showed us all how to use the tools. And that was my first introduction into using power tools and probably like that was it for, you know, their decade until we bought our first house. But that to me, like, I loved that class. I love learning how to use the power tools. And I just feel like, you know, it would have been nice if I had learned that a little bit earlier, but it's, you know, it's a, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. and no. Um, So when you, so you learned power tools there, um, were you using power tools though? Or I guess, what were you using as a child when you were helping your parents out Um, with the renovation?
1: Mostly just hammers and a drill, not too many power tools. My dad had a, um, uh, what's it called? A radial arm saw. So he, he really didn't let me use those, but I was also pretty young then. Um, but yeah, mostly just the smaller power tools, drills, and hammers and staple guns. Um, I can't think of it really using more scary <laughs> saws and stuff like that. I mean, hand saws used hand saws for sure. Right. Um, right. I do have a picture of me with a, a floor framing nailer, but I don't think my parents actually let me use it. I <laughs> thought it was, it was like, I was six or something at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So how did you get started? into, you know, this
1: whole, uh, renovating process? Um, so starting the renovating process pretty much happened in 2001. My husband and I bought our first house, um, in, and I, I'd been dying to have a house to, to do stuff to. I definitely was a HGTV watcher. (laughs) Um, and so when we bought the first house, it was like, all right, I want to make this house mine. I want, you know, I want to paint. I want to scrape, you know, popcorn ceilings. I want to, you know, but along the way it was like, all right, we've got to fix this toilet and fix this and, you know, build some shelves in the, in the pantry or in a closet just to make it more efficient. So it started small, little things, you know, a couple of um, outdoor landscape projects, like putting in a fence, things like that. Um, and, but the funny thing is that house was always um it never felt like my house it felt very too formal for me and um but there was a house that was right across the street from that first house we bought my husband I always loved that house and when we found out the neighbors were going to move we just said tell us how much you want for the house so we moved across the street it's a little bit different style and it just to me this house that we're in feels more like me it's a little bit more casual um I don't know how to put my finger on it, but just it feels more like my house. And then this one, I just went all in, um, you know, renovating things. And then we had a leak um, and there was a leak in the wall in between our laundry room and our kitchen and it was caused by polybutylene pipes. And that was also one of those big like jumping moments where, you know, we went from having a kitchen to no kitchen in three days. We call the insurance company, which is what most homeowners do. You know, you have them come in and the um, contractors came in. They, you know, remediated the mold. They actually found some asbestos flooring. So they had to do asbestos abatement. And then they were, they were really like counting me. Like, you got to pick your finishes. Like, what do you want to go back in? You know, we got to get moving on this. And it was so stressful for me because any renovation or like home or even room makeover, I usually have it all planned out in my head. And I just couldn't wrap my head around what I wanted And my husband, the kind guy he is, said, listen, if you want to do this yourself, I'm behind you, even if it takes you two, three years. Like just, you know, we can tell them, put our subfloor in, let us have something to walk on and then go. And that's essentially what we did. And it took me 13 months to, you know, completely rebuild back our kitchen. Um, And during that time, uh, the building inspector, who was actually helping me out at one point because we ran into some termite damage, um, he just kind of dropped this little this little bomb, this one sentence, and he said, did you ever think about becoming a general contractor? He said, there's not many women in the field, and I just looked at him like he had two heads. I said, no, I just want my kitchen back. Little did I know that actually was this little seed that was planted, and um, you know, once you kind of get so far on your house, you start looking at other people's houses, (laughs) and I always did want to flip houses, and I figured, well, man, why don't I just go ahead and get my license, and I don't have to hire a general contractor, so that's essentially what I did.
0: I find that like absolutely fascinating and um amazing that you just kind of went for it too um what <laughs> <laughs> so so he planted that seed, but yeah, give us like a little insight into maybe your own thought process of like I could do this, I can go become well, the a general under the gen- yeah
1: <laughs> well, so with the let's go back to the blog because that kind of has a lot to do with it. Um, The blog I started in 2010 and so I've been doing it for 10 years. I mean, it's, this is my 10th year. And um, I kind of was starting to get a little bit burned out a little bit feeling like, you know, I know how to do this. Um, It would be nice to kind of start something new, maybe, you know, branch out, maybe move into like try flipping a house and see how that would work and, you know, blog about that content for the blog um, so that's kind of where my thought process was. And it seemed like every time I looked at houses or even factored in like, okay, you got to hire a general contractor. And I knew cause I had done it myself with my own kitchen. I really didn't need a general contractor, but when you work on another house that you don't own, you don't, or you don't live in, you have to hire a general contractor when you reach a certain amount for the um, renovations. So it just kind of seemed like this other little hurt, a little hurdle, <laughs> And there was a class uh, locally offered by our our tech college on how, you know, prepare for the general contractor exam. And it's like, all right, I'll take this class and, you know, see how it goes. And then I, you know, studied for it. And I actually passed the exam the first time. The crazy thing is, is that I thought, man, there's no way I'll be able to pass this. There's no way I can get this because I've never done any general construction. I've never worked as a framer. I've never worked on a, you know, building site. It doesn't matter the majority of general contracting is actually being a good manager and knowing the rules knowing the codes knowing you know the insurance you have to have knowing how to hire subs things like that so it's more being a manager and the more i worked with subcontractors this year the more i learned that a lot of general contractors don't ever get that knowledge or they get it you know from on the build but a lot of them just show up sign the papers make sure that the you know, sign the checks and make sure that the work's getting done they don't actually work alongside So this past year when I did the Saving Editor project, I was there on site every day with my subs because I wanted to learn everything I possibly could. And it was wonderful. It was, for me, it was exhilarating to be learning something new after doing a blog for 10 years where I felt like I'd really learned as much, well, not as much, I can always learn something new, but the majority of it, I wasn't learning anything new every day.
0: Okay. So uh, I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about the blog. Um, Yeah. So did you, what was the, I guess, the seed or what started the blog <laughs> process
1: for that? This um, is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so back to that first house, um, and I was always fixing things. I had a good friend who we would go walking, you know, just like girlfriends do. And she said, man, I really, you know, will you show me how to do this? So I'd go to her house and we'd do things together. And then she said, you know, it would be really cool is if we, what if we started this business where we taught people, especially women, how to use power tools, how to fix things. We'll do it in your garage. You don't have to worry about any of the management or any of the financial, like I'll be your manager. You do the teaching. And I was so excited about this idea. And at that point, I think at that point I actually was, um, yeah, I still had a, another business where I was, a, um, I was a graphic designer, illustrator, and web designer. Um, and I was getting burned out. I'd been doing that for 10 years and I was getting burned out. And I said, "You yeah, know, this would be awesome. This would be a great way to make a difference in people's lives, to really give back. So I came in and told my husband about it. I was so, so excited. And he said, I think you might be able to reach more people with a blog. And <laughs> I felt like he had just like squashed my idea. I was so mad at him, so mad. Like, Why do you always do this? And that night, I just was kind of, you know, looking around. And at that time, you know, this is 2010, all I knew about were mommy blogs, people that were blogging, you know, oh, my kid's poopy diaper, this, and, you know, it's so rough being a mom. And I was like, that, that's not what I want to do. Well, I found one other blogger who was writing DIY tutorials, and I saw how she was doing. And I thought, oh, man, I, okay, I see how this might work. And I was up really late that night. Luckily, she'd only been doing it for nine months. This is um, Kate Sensational Girl. She'd only been doing it for nine months. I caught up on all her blog posts and saw how it came done. And the next day I registered for a domain. Um, My husband had a big part in the name. I didn't actually choose the name. I wanted to be Martha Vila. And then we decided it probably wouldn't be good for copyright reasons. (laughs) So he picked the name and registered a domain. And so yeah, June, 2010, that's when I started. And it's been a crazy wild ride. Crazy. Like it just, has just took off, you know, like gangbusters, but I love it. So at what point
0: did, uh, kids enter into family life and, uh, uh,
1: doing, I mean, were you already blogging, uh, when you started having kids or we, I already had the kids. Um, The kids started coming at 2004 and I started blogging in 2010. So they were young. They were six and four. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, I always had been working from home. So it was kind of just a natural extension. The only difference was I slowly shut down the graphic design illustration business as I was growing the, the blog. Um, and honestly, like I never went into it to make money that that's, I think that's the biggest thing that, you know, I hear people who want to start a blog cause they want to make money. And I, that's absolutely not the way to do it because blogging is, this is like, I've worked more hours blogging than I've ever worked, you know, or per week than I ever worked at the graphic design business, but I do it because I love it and I'm passionate about it. And my payments are not the checks that I get, but they're the emails from people. Um, one of my favorite emails is, It's not a favorite, but it's a woman who her husband was terminally ill. And so they moved into this real fixer-upper just to save money. She had kids and she was terrified. She didn't know what she was going to do when he passed away because he was the one that fixed everything. And here she is in this house that just needed all kinds of work. And she said she's not even sure how she found my blog, but when she found it, she started reading some of these tutorials and she said she had this sense of calm that she'd be okay. she was going to just learn how to do things by reading you know the blog and finding YouTube videos, and she and the kids would be okay and it's crazy like those are the emails that like make me keep blogging that make me get up you know early or stay up late to get that post you know done or that video edited and, and it's like that's my payment. That's like you should never start a blog if you want to make money. It's just, you need to do what you're passionate about and that should be first. And then the money will come after.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, cause like you said, I, I don't, I kind of chuckle too at people who say they want to blog, like to be able to stay home and make money because um, I've been, I mean, I definitely have not been doing it as long as you, but I've been blogging and doing YouTube videos going on two years now and like I'm just now starting to yeah. like make a little money and by no means does it pay the bills right. like it's not big time money at this point you know it takes time to build all of that up
1: and I'm, and I'm not saying you shouldn't right. like I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. there's nothing wrong with earning money and earning a paycheck I think the problem is that if you go into it trying to make money you're going to be so discouraged because like you said, it takes time. It takes, I mean, I think it was two years in when I finally made a profit and so you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out if you're, if that's your goal to make money because it's going to take a long time to start bringing in that money to grow up your audience um, to get the number of page views you need or the number of, you know, uh, video views and stuff. So if you're going into it for for the money reason, you're probably going to burn out before you get to that point. Whereas if you're going in it because you're passionate about sharing information or sharing your voice or your experience or you know whatever it is, it, that's going to carry you through to that point where you're going to make money.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I think people can tell, right? Too, like, oh you yeah, said, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're not clearly passionate about what you're doing, uh, especially yeah. in this content creation world, people know it and they lose interest, and so yeah, that's <laughs> not going to help you in the long run. Yeah. Think about
1: all those SEO stuffed blog posts where you're like, what is this? I can't even read this. (laughs) Right.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. So, uh, and then you eventually made that transition, right? Like you said, getting, going from blogger to now kind of house flipper. um, But I'm assuming you're still kind of using that content
1: uh, oh yeah, from that for your for your blogging. Um. Oh yeah, the uh, the house. So I've only in in total honesty, I've only flipped one house, um, but that was a I don't even want to like to say flipped because it was a house that was built in 1900, and my goal was to save that 1900 portion. Um, so we had to tear off the back and three quarters of the house was totally new build. So it was essentially a new build, and even according to the city, it was a new build, <laughs> which is a whole other host of issues dealing with those. You know, permits and stuff. But um, that, so a year and a half was just devoted to the Saving Etta project, which anybody out there, if you, ha- if you look for hashtag Saving Eta, it'll come up or go to my blog. There's a um, link on the side and that's, I'm slowly now getting everybody like the reveals. So I'm just kind of doing room by room. But part of it is because, you know, right now I am looking for another house to flip and I do want to provide that content, but I don't, you know, I want you guys to like enjoy it for that year and a half that I did maybe not year and a half but you know maybe at least six months <laughs> but it, it, you know it's so I'm back now to blogging but blogging about the house flipping and looking for another house to flip but in in between it's still like oh I've got to fix this on my house or I'm gonna do this little project in my house and I'm gonna blog about that so as long as it's like DIY tutorials house related usually that's you know what I'm gonna blog or video about
0: okay um and I think it's uh pretty <laughs> easy pretty to pick up pretty easy f- to hic- uh to pick up that you're passionate about getting women into this
1: field. Oh uh, yeah. I, I guess well, where, where, where's that come from? I guess. All right. Yeah, let me let's talk about that. Um, so here's the thing that bugs me most is a a couple things. The first is when I talk to women, they're like, Oh, I'm not handy. Well, it's not something that you're like born with. Like you, it's something just like riding a bike, you know, you kind of start out small and then you grow to be able to do that. And I think the biggest problem, especially for women, it's not just women, but you know, men, some men too they're brought up with the message that you shouldn't be doing this. So things like, you know, would you or I walk into a home improvement store? Now a decade ago, when I walked into a home improvement store, it was assumed that I didn't know what I was doing. And it's still occasionally I run into an occasional associate who's, you know, like thinks that I'm just there to pick up something for my husband. Um, so even those little messages when you walk into a home improvement store and the way you're treated can can put those internal messages, you know, in your head going... Things like, oh, you know, don't you think you should hire a professional for that? Or here, let me help you with that. Or, you know, just little things that are not intended to be mean or put you down. Like those messages messages do become internalized. And then that's that kind of inner monologue that I shouldn't be doing this. Or, you know, I run into so many people who they hire an electrician to change uh, an outlet or change a light fixture. I'm like, that is like the easiest thing to do. Or tiling. Tallying your backsplash is so similar to cake decorating. In fact, it's even easier than cake decorating in that it doesn't have to be beautiful underneath because, you know, you don't have to spread the frosting. You spread the thin set. So, so many things are so similar. And yet, if you can just turn off that inner monologue. The other thing is I talked about that 10 years ago, you know, walking into a home improvement store um, for my birthday, for Mother's Day, things like that. My husband always knew he didn't buy me jewelry. He would just buy me a power tool. So we went to, I don't remember which, some home improvement store, I'm not going to call them out by name, but um, I wanted to buy a miter saw and we were there looking at them and I was picking them up and feeling them and the associate came over and said, you know, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I'm looking for a miter saw and, you know, can you tell me a little about this one, this one? And the associate turns to my husband and starts answering my question to my husband. (laughs) My husband said, excuse me she's the one buying it. You need to talk to her. I don't even know what these things are. I don't know the difference between a miter cell and a circular cell. So my goal has also been along with trying to empower women to make it so that there's more women out there so that when we all walk into a home improvement store, it's not assumed that we don't know what we're doing or that we need help or that we're buying something for our husband or spouse or dad or whatever that, Hey, maybe we're the one there who's you know, trying to buy the tool or trying to buy the part for the thing that we're going to fix. And I've seen it change. It's definitely changing. The more people, the more, especially women out there that are doing DIY things, the more it's changing the stereotype. So that's been my biggest goal is to change that stereotype and empower more people, especially women to go ahead and take on these projects.
0: Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Um, my biggest pet peeve is for me being like at an art show or a trade show and somebody walking up and picking up one of my pieces and then, it, you know, especially a woman and then them just being like exasperated of I'd love to have something like this, but you know, it will take forever for my husband to come around and make it or oh whatever. My gosh, yes. And I'm yes. just like, well, then do it yourself. <laughs> right, right.
1: Oh yeah, the the women who are waiting to hang the curtains on their, their, their you know, they're on the window. Uh, my husband doesn't have any time. I, I'm waiting for him. Like, why are you waiting for him? You can totally do this. And it's not necessarily their fault. It's that they've gotten these messages that they shouldn't be doing this. Or the husband's like, oh, you don't touch it all. you, know, you might break it. You know, like that kind of stuff. It's just not helpful. So yeah, I'm right with you. You're like, you want to shake him and go, no, no, you can do this. You really can. But it takes some of that kind of like, now here, let's start small. Let's break it down. And the interesting thing too is that when I first started blogging and I was looking for tutorials on how to do home improvement, the majority of the sites that had them were like um, this old house or family handyman. And I don't know if you remember those tutorials, but they were totally words, all words. There were barely any pictures. And they would use all kinds of technical jargon, like a scutcheon and this, and I would have to spend half the time looking up in the dictionary what it was. And that's when I realized that women, and I think everybody, but, you know, they need to see things visually. If you can step things down into a visual step-by-step video or photos, women can do it. And they don't need to know what that thing is called. They just need to see how it's done, you know? So that's been a big problem, too not so much now, but it used to be, it was really hard to find tutorials that broke it down in pictures and not just all the the jargon.
0: I, and I totally agree with that. It's about, it's not just about breaking down the stereotype, but breaking down, uh, like you said, the jargon, because let's face it, I can guarantee you there are plenty of men out there who also don't understand what that word is or what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, they may just not be as willing to admit that sure. um, as, as a woman would. Um, it's the same issue for uh, people getting into woodworking though. And when you go into a true lumber uh, store, mm-hmm. you know, versus just like the hardware stores <laughs> right. you where the
1: good, true, l- where the good lumber is.
0: <laughs> yeah. When you go into a true lumber store, I mean, I remember just, the barrier of not understanding what four quarter or eight quarter would meant, yeah. and, you know, and the men there who are helping customers uh, will look down on you if you don't understand the job yeah. and what they're saying.
1: And there are some, there are some, you know, and that's, that goes back to what I was saying, trying to change the stereotypes and the associates in the stores recognizing. Um, and there's in, in my life, I've had some men who I still go back to them and say, you know, I really value you because you never talk to me like a woman. You talk to me like a person. And those three people were the ones who were my um, you have to have three letters of recommendation to become a general contractor. Two of them were general contractors themselves, and one of them is a the manager for a plumbing supply store. And I asked them, all three of them, for their recommendations, but I have told each one of them, you never talked to me like I was a woman. You never assume that I didn't know how to do it. You always talk to me like you can do this and talk to me like a person. And that made all the difference in the world. Yeah, exactly. So I think,
0: um, at least kind of what I'm hearing you say, and I would agree is it's not just about, um, women advocating for themselves that they can do it when they go into these places. Mm -hmm. It's helping to try to change the culture on the other side of it as well. And having guys understand, you know, that, like a, don't make assumptions when somebody walks in the store. Yeah, uh, about you know if they're looking for themselves or somebody else or whatever. Um, but being able to talk to them just like any other person and yeah, um, and kind of breaking yeah. down their
1: stereotypes. And and it's amazing. And I I I will say because I am <laughs> passionate about it. But um, so Lowe's Home Improvement, I've noticed that they've actually changed how they've trained their associates. So it used to be when you walked into a home improvement store, they would say, uh, what do you need help with? What can I help you with? What do you need help with? And now it's like, hey, can I help you find anything? And it's a huge difference in how that said, because it, it, the first is you're assuming the person needs help. They don't know what they're doing. The second is, hey, do you need any help today? Like, you know, not assuming that you need, whereas like I pretty much could work at Lowe's. I know where everything is now. <laughs> but I've noticed that um, at least at our Home Depot, they're not as good about that. They definitely will say, what can I help you with? Assume, and it makes you feel like, wait a minute, like I know where everything is in your store. I don't need any help. I just need to go get that thing. Yeah. But it's it's really funny how like little changes and how things are said can really either turn on that inner monologue for you or me or shut it off. And, you know, so it, I think there's a lot of work to be done for you know, people understanding that like, you need to kind of turn off your normal log, know what you you know want and like go in and change the stereotype. And then also on the other side, retailers, you know, like you're saying, like woodworking stores, how they talk to people, make sure you talk to women and men the exact same way when they walk in the door and not, you know, mm-hmm. kind of send off these, um, unconscious messages i'm not sure what you
0: know, yeah 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 no um it's funny that you that you hit on lows and home depot so i i don't Sorry. know no 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 i don't know if it's, no i don't know if it's intentional or not but um and this was actually years ago that i read that women prefer lows over home depot um, really Huh. a it seems to be Personally, I walk in there and I feel like I can find things much easier in a Lowe's than a Home mm. Depot. Like I think yeah. it's laid, to me, it's laid out more logically than a Home Depot is.
1: Right. Um,
0: so that's part of it um, that that Lowe's has intentionally tried to set itself up as a place for mm. women that women would prefer to go to. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't know necessarily what's behind that. You know, I haven't called up the CEO of either store and
1: said, you know, why, why is this? Let's, this calm. Way? Exactly. let's, let's on. come on. Let's call him right now. <laughs> well, and, and, and to be totally fair, like I have definitely run into some of the old timers at Lowe's still occasionally send off messages to me, especially, you know, in the tool department, there's one guy, I know him, Jerry, I love you, but every time I go in there, you forget that I'm a general contractor, and I have to remind you, nope, I'm good, let's, you know, let's move it to this level now, okay?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not saying, yeah, same thing here in my own local Lowe's, like, there's a couple guys, you know, that, quite frankly, I will avoid on a a given day, just because I'm like, I don't have time to explain myself again I know yeah. what I need, you know, I know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I see Jerry. and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I usually, you know, part of it is I do now, if I have time, I do try to stop and talk to them because I'm part of changing that stereotype. And it's important that I stop and let them know, Hey, no, I'm good. You know, can you just show me where this thing is? I don't need help with it. You know, by the way, I'm a general contractor. And usually that kind of shuts the, the monologue. But women shouldn't have to say that. They should just say, I know what I'm doing. Or like, you know, can you just help me find this one thing I'm looking for and not assume that I need help, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I don't necessarily mind if they ask if I need help again, like you said, to find something. Um,
1: Yeah. Do you need help finding anything? You know, that's totally different than do you need help? (laughs) Like, what are you doing in here? Do you need help?
0: But some of of the guys I have had where it's like, well, do you have somebody at home to help you use?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm just like, (laughs) no, I don't need anybody at home to help me use. I know, that's the (laughs) worst. That is seriously the worst thing you could say to somebody. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Not the worst, but pretty bad for a woman who knows what they're doing in the in the, you know, in the home improvement store. So. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, gosh, too
1: funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, okay, so what was the first power tool that you uh, picked up and used?
1: I mean, it's probably a drill. I think that's pretty much. You know, I do remember um, my first saw was a jigsaw, which is super easy to use. You know, very simple handheld, doesn't feel very intimidating. Um, and then just slowly worked my way up. I had a circular saw and then a miter saw. Um, I bought, you know, I bought a band saw from a um, woodworker in our neighborhood who was moving and he was selling everything. And he just kept throwing stuff at me here. You want this router, this router, I'll give it to you for free. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I went from like having like a few tools, to like a ton of tools from this one woodworker. And then I had to download the, you know, the, the, um, the instruction booklet from the internet so I could learn how to use it and everything. But um, you know, I feel like it's good to start small to like kind of get your, you know, I think one of the important things to do, and this, this goes even for people, you know, who are building instruction, you need to never lose respect for the tool and recognize that, even a simple drill, you can, you know, get injured. You really need to respect the tool no matter what it is. And the minute that you stop respecting that tool and making sure that you're safe, that's when you're at risk of injuring yourself. Um, And I ran into one of the first contractors that I hired when we first moved to the area and he had retired. And I said, Oh, you know what? you retired. You know, that's great. And he's like, well, I was forced to, and he pulled up his hand and he had lost his thumb. And he told me that he had, um, he had cut off his thumb with a grinder and he said, you know, I've used that thing hundreds hundred, hundreds of times and I just got complacent and I just didn't respect the tool. And he's absolutely right. Like, so as long as you have, I kind of like to call it a healthy fear of the tool and make sure that you're using it safe every single time you use it. I think you'll be fine. So it's actually those of us who are newer to woodworking or newer to, um, you know, using power tools that are usually safer than someone who's been using it their whole life.
0: Absolutely. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I watch um, YouTube videos, especially people (laughs) with circular saws, like the thing I cringe at the most is when I see, especially because I've seen contractors do it at job sites, Uh lay the like two by four across their thigh and then use the (gasps) circular saw to like cut it. Oh my gosh. And I just cringe because I'm like, you do realize you have a major
1: artery <laughs> yeah. going through your yeah. thigh.
0: And if oh, that yeah. slips, like you're dead. It's not even just like you lost right. a finger. You're wow.
1: Dead. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Oh. oh gosh. I'm glad I haven't seen that too many times. <laughs> I I do see I see my subcontractors all the time. Like they won't be using hearing protection. They won't use safety protection. I'm like, guys, come on. Like really? I mean, most of them are half deaf now anyway, because they haven't been using hearing protection. Like, hey, Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe! you <laughs> did your hand protection 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know. exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. So since
1: um, you're my first,
0: like, contractor on the show, I'm kind of really oh, excited who? about
1: that. Oh. Uh, so normally can I I get have... some kind of prize? I want a T-shirt. I want a sticker. Okay. <laughs> sticker I could do. That I could do. Uh, nice. uh
0: So... Normally, I ask, like, okay, go to tool in the shop, but I want to know what's in your tool bag.
1: What's in my tool bag? Yeah. Oh, it depends on the project I'm working on. (laughs) Well, do you have
0: like go tos that's there, like, no matter what?
1: Yes. And uh, I actually did an Instagram story yesterday because I was going to look at another um, potential, excuse me, another potential flip house. And I declared that my, like, desert island tool that I always have with me, whether it's, you know, on the job site, whether it's, you know, working on a home renovation or, or probing potential uh, properties is the, um, you're laugh. It's a five in one paint tool. (laughs) And the reason why the one I have is actually, I think it's called a 10 in one It's by Purdy. And, you know, anyone, anyone out there, I'm questioning, do you know what the five uses are for a five in one paint tool? Because um, you know, there's one of them, it's like a nail set and one of them is a scraper and one of them, the little tiny flat end is for flat head screwdriver. And mine actually has a little Phillips head screwdriver set, set into the handle, but I will use that to poke, you know, I can use it as a hammer if I need to, cause the metal end you can use it as a hammer. So it, for me, like, it's just always something I always have and I can use it for a little pry bar. It just, you know, if you need one tool, that one really usually does it. Um, but I usually like in my truck, um, when I'm on the job site, I do have a pretty big, um, toolbox that has pry bars. It has, um, you can laugh at this pink spray paint because I spray paint all my tools pink. So the contractors won't take it because we all have similar tools. They know the pinks, no, no contractor is usually going to spray paint theirs pink unless it's a woman. (laughs) So it's pretty easy. They all know it's the female contractors. Um, but you know, it's kind of the usual things, you know, Phillips head screwdriver allen screwdrivers you know a set of little bits and stuff and you know so that's kind of what's in my toolbox um but i usually fill up a tool bag for the project i'm working on so that really varies it just depends on what i'm working on that day you know i'll fill it up for things that i'm working on you know so it it varies it changes so much but that five and one's always in there <laughs>
0: okay good to know is there a besides
1: the five and one is there a favorite like do you, oh, yeah. do you just love to use? I I've had a love affair with my miter. I have a sliding compound miter saw and that's I love saying that. <laughs> um it was a Mother's Day gift and um it's a Makita, it's not a DeWalt. Um and I actually prefer it to the DeWalt. I've tried different ones, but um something about that saw just it 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 cuts like butter. It's just I love it. It's and it's not a huge one, it's only a ten inch, but it it's just my baby. Like I've I don't think I'll ever replace it unless it completely breaks. And even if, it, if I do, I might replace it with another Makita. But um, yeah, that's my favorite power tool. Um, but I, I like all of them. But that one, I don't know. We go way back. <laughs> we go way back before blogging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the other one I like, and I always get a lot of questions or, you know, comments about is my miter saw, it's a porter cable, and it's a, I guess they call it the left side, it's like supposedly for left-handed, but I like it because you can see the blade, and all my um, subcontractors have said, oh, you know, I really like that one, but you know, you like it because you can see your cut, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of do, so that's the other one I kind of like, because I don't see a lot of them made that way, they usually make them, you know, where the blade's on the opposite side. Mm Mm-hmm,
0: okay. All right. Um, so, how do you? Okay. So you've got two teenage boys, which generally, <laughs> yeah. which generally means busy schedules. Um, oh yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> early. I mean, it's early schedules. That's what it means. Yeah. To go to bed earlier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, how do you manage being, you know, an active mom, a uh, contractor,
1: blogger, businesswoman, all at the same time? Um. So I, I mean, I think in terms of them needing me, it's not as much now because they're much more self-sufficient. Um, but at the same time, like I really do try to prioritize them first. So, you know, back to how you and I were talking before the, the podcast about conferences we've been to. And I said, I really limit my mine to two. And that's because I want to make sure that these years out there in their teenage years I only have one of them for another three and a half years, if that. And I want to make sure, like, I'm here for him. Like, I'm here to like try to insert any little, make any minor adjustments in behavior or thoughts that I can. So I try to make sure that that's primaries that I'm the mom first. Um, And this, you know, past year was really tough with um, me working on the house downtown because it's a 30-minute drive to the house and. I relied a lot on my husband um, and my husband's wonderful. He would pick up the slack and, you know, he would take them to their appointments if he needed to. But um, I realized that took a toll on like how much time I was spending with my kids. So the next house I take, I want to make sure that I'm really prioritizing the kids and the family first, but at the same time, like, you know, being able to do what I love. And I, and I do think for women like myself who really want to do things like have those accomplishments it's important that you find a way to do it and you know work with your spouse or maybe you have someone who comes in like a mother's helper or something that's going to help you. I mean, I, I did hire a dog walker this past year because I knew that would free up some time um, and allow me to do what I wanted to do. But ultimately, it, it's a big struggle and especially for moms, it's a huge struggle to try to prioritize and not feel guilty about doing things that are taking you away from your kids and away from your house, but also recognizing that it's important to be able to do those things. And I don't know about you, but for me, I like having another hat, like another title besides just mom, because my kids certainly don't give me the uh, accolades that I deserve. (laughs) But, you know, flipping a house and hearing from people, wow, this is gorgeous. I love what you did. That's where I'm going to get my accolades. And that's going to allow me to like go home and feel good about myself and continue to continue to be a good mom.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I think most most of the moms I've had on the show uh, feel the same way, and so do I. Like, if I don't get time in the shop, which I didn't really have time in the shop last week,
1: haven't oh, had it, yeah.
0: this week, haven't had it oh, this yes. week. Like, I'm getting cranky. Oh yeah, <laughs> at the end of absolutely. This week and- you know, I'm excited. Like next week I get some, you know, time freed up and I could just spend one whole day in the shop. And it's just, Oh, I know you feel so
1: rejuvenated. Yeah. And and I think even for women who don't like spending time in the shop or don't like doing things, like, even if that means getting your nails done or going to get a massage, like things that are going to build up your happiness meter or whatever, or, or things that are kind of giving back to yourself, you know, to make Sure, you are happy where you are with what you're doing and getting enough you time. I think that's just so important for moms because, like, again, we don't get, I mean, like, yes, our kids make us happy, of course they do, but when they're whining and complaining for the umpteenth time about the meal that you made, like, you need to find something else that's going to get that level back up.
0: Yeah, exactly. um And that's what I always tell people who are talking about becoming a parent for the first time. I say, <laughs> I I always say it's like, it is the hardest job you will ever have. You will not be appreciated to the level that you should be. Nope. (laughs) But it is also the best job you will ever have. So it's, it's that, you know, understanding that it's not a either or situation. It's an and situation like you'll love being a mom or a parent. Um, but it's difficult.
1: Nothing about it is easy no and and i I guess I mean Katie, I guess honestly, probably because I haven't gotten there yet it it's going to be it's going to be when our kids are grown or they become good parents, you know, themselves, or when we hear, you know, from some other mom, oh, your son is so polite or so sweet, or like, those are like going to be the, the thank yous, you know, that we're going to get, not necessarily, you know, and maybe your kids are going to grow up and say, wow, mom, I really appreciate everything you did for me, you know, once they become a parent. Right, realize, exactly. <laughs> so I realize like, I'm not at that point yet, but maybe when that point comes, that's where that kind of thanks and accolades come in, you know, whereas Sometimes it's easier to do a small project That's so, right. for 20 years. That's so 20 right. Our That's project right. in the shop and get that little feeling, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: So, your accolades, so anyone who's out there who hasn't had kids, just know it'll be 25 years, approximately, give or take a few years before you get your thanks and your accolades. <laughs>
0: exactly exactly um so what's your favorite part about um about I guess I want to take this in two directions I'll start with what's your favorite part about being like a contractor
1: oh man I love being a female contractor (laughs) because I have to admit like I like when that first realization happens for, either you know, a subcontractor that I'm interviewing or a inspector or someone and their eyes get all wide, like, Oh, you're the general contractor. Like I love that moment because it just means like, all right, I'm changing perspectives. I'm changing, you know, stereotypes right now. Um, but you know, honestly the thing that I really enjoyed the most and I had touched on it earlier was how much I learned this past year working alongside the, con- the subcontractors and doing some of the work that they did. I loved the learning of it, Um, I loved the using my hands, um, and I also really, really thoroughly enjoyed meeting these subcontractors and talking to them and getting to know about their lives and their thoughts and their beliefs, because, and, and this is gonna get political here, but. I think it's so important for us all to like go out of our comfort zone or out of our circles and get to know other people and how they, what they think about politically too. I mean, we had plenty of political conversations, which were all very, you know, like, I just want to hear what you have to say. And to me, it was really Fascinating and eye-opening, and learning about how other people live and what you know, what they value, and things that they you know get them excited. I loved it, but I'm also an external, and I'm I'm an external, an external. What's the word? I'm an extrovert. Extrovert, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. And I love meeting and getting to know other people. So for me, part part of it was the education, and part of it was really getting to know a whole bunch of people that I never would have really gotten to know had it not been for me you know and and on a different level too not like them coming into my house because I'm the the house the house maker maker, Mm homemaker but I'm you know the general contractor I'm the one paying their bills so it was really fun I I really enjoyed it and I you know thoroughly had a great time and I can't wait to do it again. Uh,
0: That's awesome and then what's your and I think you touched on it a bit too what's your favorite part about using being a female contractor to change that stereotype?
1: I mean, I think it's just mainly knowing that like me being out there and me doing, you know, house building or renovating is I'm changing the stereotypes. And and what's fun is when I, you know, will, I remember like going in and, you know, looking at uh, gas fireplaces to put in the flip house. And the associate I was talking to, he's like, oh, you remind me so much of this other, you know, female contractor, you know, do you know her? And so I've actually started to network with a lot of the other female contractors in the area. And I'm really enjoying like getting to know them and like, you know, we're going to change the world. We're going to change a stereotype just by being us and just by being out there and, and making it easier for other women to get into the field or other women just to walk into that home improvement store and not be treated like they don't belong there.
0: Yeah, that's that's really great, and that's great, kind of that they help you find those other uh, women contractors
1: to do that networking. <laughs> it's fun, and it's you know you have to admit, just like you and I, you and I went to WorkbenchCon. It was fun being one of the few females, not just because we could use the bathrooms and not wait in a long <laughs> line, <laughs> but it was fun being recognized. You know, being easier recognized among the sea of. Mics. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mikes, mostly mics.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Though I was uh really happy to see the number of women makers this
1: year. It was Um, fifty or something. How many? Do you know?
0: I don't know the exact number, but I would say definitely larger than last year. Like the first year not that there weren't women makers there because we were there, but it just
1: wasn't wasn't as many.
0: yeah, so we
1: we were all just waiting for you guys to go and check it out, <laughs> you gals, and share and like, it. Yeah, <laughs> make sure it was safe for us to show up. Because <laughs> I didn't go last year; I went yep. this year. <laughs> yes. no, it
0: was. Um, yeah, I was. I was happy to see that it was. It was fun for me, you know, to get to have more women makers to like yeah. talk with and stuff
1: yeah. and the and the guys were so awesome like mm-hmm. all all you guys out there that you know went to the workbench con and even you know, even the sponsors y'all were awesome like you were so they were just wonderful they ne- never got any messages like no well, what are you, what are you doing <laughs> right no no absolutely
0: totally i think everybody just gets kind of geeked out about the making and talking about you know what yeah what is each person's specialty and kind of learning more about that. Um, And and I appreciate that. I think this maker community is very good at that actually. It is Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, So what is your favorite part about being a mom?
1: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one. Um, I think my favorite thing about being a mom is being able to raise. And for me, it's just two boys that raise kids that are going to go out into the world and, you know, help make a difference. Like, I don't know what they're going to do, but I hope that they go out there and they make a difference somehow too. Um, I also like that. These are two more men that are going out into the world that are not going to assume that women aren't handy. Like they know, <laughs> they know that we've, you know, built it into them. But the other thing too, that um, with my kids, I'm really passionate about is making sure that they understand that all people are equal. It doesn't matter what faith you are. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your, you know, religion or the color of your skin and, you know, or your sexual orientation that you guys, that my boys are going out and they are going to treat everybody as an equal. And to me, like that's, that's my goal is to treat the Have them go out and treat other people as equals and, you know, be polite and and kind to everybody. Um, So that's kind of what my parenting strategy, well, our, my husband too, our parenting strategy has been to really send these kids out in the world to make a difference and to be kind to others, you know. We definitely
0: need more kindness in the world. Oh gosh, yes, we do. (laughs) Yes,
1: we do. We're not going to get political here, but yes, we do. Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly.
0: um okay so what would be your advice i mean i feel like you probably do it on a regular basis through your blog but what would be your advice uh to a specifically for a mom who wants to tackle a new skill uh such as making or diy or you know um kind of contractor type work and is hesitant
1: to get started all right number one we touched on this in the beginning you need to get your mindset. You need to turn off the inner monologue and just know that like one of my, well, my mantra on the blog, if you go to the blog and maybe it's not on the headline anymore, I probably should put it back there is that um, if a human being can do it, there's a 95% chance that you can do it too. So recognize you're a human being, you're smart, you're intelligent, you can figure this out. Um, That, One other thing that I do recommend, too, is especially if you want to learn how to do home repairs or, you know, maintenance, is if you hire someone, that's fine, but stick around and ask questions, you know, be nice about it. (laughs) Don't think, why are you doing that? (laughs) You know, but learn something because you might actually realize, wow, that was super easy. Next time I'm not going to hire a professional to come, I'm going to be able to do it myself. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just that inner monologue and then if I'm taking on a new skill I will go and I'll watch youtube videos or I'll read or I'll ask somebody who I know knows how to do something hey can you show me how to do this you know and that that to me is like but the biggest one is just turning off that inner monologue and knowing that you can learn new things you can learn how to do this it's not off limits you know nothing's off limits that's right maybe Maybe it's not rocket science, right? Maybe rocket science is <laughs> off limits for me at this point, especially since I didn't do too good with the you know the math and physics. the math. Yeah, <laughs> it might be out of my wheelhouse.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You have to know a fair amount of math when you're doing. Um well that's true construction work you really do or any kind
1: of making um yeah that's true I need to bone up on that that's right I told my I told my son my oldest is in ninth grade and the math he's learning is like over my head I was like maybe maybe I should be learning this right along with you maybe I should my husband's like might be too late for you (laughs) (laughs) see that was an internal message he shouldn't have given me yeah determined to, to prove him wrong there you go Sometimes that's beneficial, though, right?
0: Oh, yeah. The, the Those of us are
1: wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The rebels in us. Yeah. Maybe that's, maybe that is <laughs> a thing that we need to hear more of. Push us out of our comfort zone.
0: <laughs> all right. So, Brittany, how can people find you
1: and follow along with you? I know you mentioned it already, but where's the best place to go? I am at Pretty Handy Girl on all social media. Okay. All except for, I might've grabbed TikTok, but I haven't started that yet. And, 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 uh, but everything else, I'm really active on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest. Um, but I'm also pretty handy super easy. So okay. pretty, ha- pretty handy have, girl. That's everywhere.
0: Do you have a YouTube channel?
1: I do. Okay. Yep. It's okay. also pretty handy girl. So I think it's okay. like youtube.com slash pretty handy girl. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Come see me there. I'm putting a lot more content. I'm realizing that people, you know, we all, I mean, myself included don't really want to take the time to read tutorials so I'm spending a lot more time on YouTube now and really trying to put out the video tutorials because um, I know I do it do you, do you watch YouTube tutorials at like one and a half, 1.75 speed or is that just me? <laughs> do you um,
0: I guess I don't watch them that way but my my flip side is when I create them uh-huh probably the slowest speed that because I do voiceovers, I don't like talk directly to the camera. Uh Um, So probably the slowest speed I use on video is five times the speed, Mm. you know, actual speed. But most of my stuff is in the like, 10 to 20 times, because I'm just like, unless I feel like I need to slow it down and like, oh, yeah, definitely show something
1: part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like, nobody need like, I want to show the entire process of how it went from like a raw piece of wood
1: to like, nobody wants to watch an hour. (laughs) No,
0: nobody's
1: (laughs) like, hey, I ain't ain't never got time for that. No. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when I'm learning stuff, I'm like, okay, I need to listen to this at one and a half. I I feel like my time is like, so, you know, so I realize like people are not taking the time to read like a step-by-step tutorial. Well, some people are, but, I, everyone feels so crunched for time, especially us moms. That mm-hmm. I just want to get that information out there quick. So, yeah, that's where I'm, I'm I'm going, and I and I'm with you on that. Like I do all of the process stuff. Like that's yeah. sped up so this yeah. twenty <laughs> times, just because yeah. it's <laughs> it's like watching paint dry. You just exactly. don't no, ain't nobody got time to watch paint dry. Come nope. on, speed <laughs> up. <laughs>
0: Thing. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of look at it in my, like my editing style is like, you know, I'll do like a first cut of things and then I'll watch it through. And I'm like, okay, what points did I get bored? The spot yeah. that I got bored <laughs> is like, I, I either, either cut, it, cut
1: ex- it out or speed it up even faster. That's like, like, good advice. That's really good <laughs> advice. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Well, you know, cause we're after engagement, right? We want to make sure. Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. It's yeah. not just
0: about learning. Uh, because right. they're not going to stick around
1: and learn if they're not being yeah. entertained as, as right. well. <laughs> Although I guess that's pretty bad. Because then when I you know go to a cocktail party or something, I'm probably inside my head. I'm like, get to the point already! Come on, can I can I put you at one and a half times now? I ain't got time for this. Let's get to the let's get to the nitty gritty. <laughs> how bad is that? And that's definitely a function of social media and like the whole flipping. And you want the information fast. And I I recognize Instant gratification, that. right? Oh yeah, it's changed my brain. I know it has. It's not okay. good. I know it's not good. So yeah, just maybe. add
0: more alcohol at that cocktail party. Okay, you'll care less about if they how quickly they're getting to the point.
1: Okay, good advice. <laughs> Yeah, because it takes you a while to process what they're saying. Oh, wait, can slow that conversation down a little bit? I missed that last part. (laughs) Exactly. Let's listen to you on 75% speed. (laughs) There you go.
0: (laughs) All right, Brittany. Well, thanks so much for uh, being a part of the podcast and sharing all your words of wisdom
1: with us. It was fun. I enjoyed it. had a blast. Yeah.
0: I don't know about you, but I really had a blast with this episode. Um, If you couldn't tell from all the laughter, uh, Brittany and I had a good time talking about all sorts of really quite serious uh, topics, Um, but still, we had a good time talking, and I hope you picked up some tidbits and um, want to follow along with Brittany just as much as I do. I will include in the show notes, as always, all the ways that you can follow along with her on all the different social media platforms. Um, And don't forget uh, to get there. You have two ways. First, if you're following uh, Maker Mom podcast on Instagram, that's at Maker Mom podcast and you click the link in the bio. There you go. You can get to the show notes right from there. Or you could do uh, www.makermompodcast.com. And currently that will take you to Freeman Furnishing's homepage, but don't worry, just hit the link in the upper left-hand corner that says podcast, and that will take you right to the show notes for all of the episodes, including this one, uh, so you can follow along with Brittany and all the other Maker Moms that I've had on so far. Um, But yeah, make sure you are following along on Instagram, again, at Maker Mom Podcast on Instagram, uh, and that's really Kind of the central hub for all of the activity, and you can follow along with episodes that are coming up, other posts going on, and of course, uh, have access to show notes and Patreon so you can become an official member of the Maker Mom Podcast Tribe. All right, until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom Podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.